1: This week on Heritage Bible Radio, our ongoing study in the book of Mark takes us to chapter 10, verses 17 through 27. An important question is considered here as a young man comes to Jesus and asks him, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? Now that is a very important question. He's asking what it takes to get into heaven. It's even more important to understand the answer. And in this case, it's going to take some explanation. The disciples were certainly confused by Jesus' answer. You might say, how you answer this question is a matter of perspective. Because from a totally human perspective, if we're asking what we must do, the answer is, there is nothing you can do to assure your entrance into heaven. But if we consider God's perspective, the answer is, what you cannot do, god can do and what god can do he has done even that explanation will require some explanation and that's why pastor jim will take it over from here here is today's slice of the sermon entitled then who can be saved
0: now can you see why it's significant that jesus held back the 10th commandment the man was asking the question What am I still lacking? And and Jesus knew that the guy didn't get it when he said all these things I have kept. But Jesus also knew that the greatest sin that kept this man in bondage was his attachment to the worldly things that he possessed and the fact that he obviously always coveted more. The guy missed the whole point. He's a, he's a great example of how effectively Satan can hijack scripture. He, he can take the very law of Moses and twist it. Do you understand that never once, not for a moment, was the law, the Old Testament law, the Mosaic law, it was never meant to be the way for a person to climb the ladder of spiritual success until he achieves eternal life? That was never the purpose of the law. The law was given to reveal our sin, to drive us to our knees because we would know we need a Savior. That's why the law, the law of Moses was given after Israel was already chosen. It was given after Israel was redeemed, after Israel was given their miraculous deliverance from Egypt, after they were given miraculous food and water in the, in, in the wilderness. After Israel was led to safety by God, after they were saved from death at the hand of Pharaoh, after they were promised the land as a, as a gift from God, the law was always designed by God to show Israel how to live by faith, having been saved by His grace, which He had sovereignly bestowed upon them. The law was to be the means of God blessing His people when He gave them the land that He promised. Keeping the law was the way to demonstrate their understanding of God's goodness and and to worship Him from a, a pure heart. So Jesus zeroed in, in His answer to this guy, on His heart. Not only did this man own much property, but that property owned him. That's what Jesus is getting at. So look at verse 21, Mark 10. Looking at him, Jesus felt a love for him. He always did. His heart was broken by the people who were rejecting what they should have known. He he felt sorry for them. And they were under the burden of this, this impossible load of trying to be good enough. He felt a love for him and he said to him, One thing you lack... I can see the man's face Let me. Okay, he's going to give it to me. This is the one more thing. I'll just add this one to my resume and I'm in. One thing you lack, go and sell all you possess and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Now how many of you repented when somebody said what you need to do is go sell everything you have? I don't think you got that message, did you? I mean, why didn't Jesus just give the guy the four spiritual laws and be done with it? He's dealing with this man's heart, this man's sin. Is this passage contradicting what the Bible says about being saved by grace through faith? No. Is this passage contrary to everything else the Bible teaches about salvation? By saying you have to give away everything you own, no. But this isn't the end of the story. It unmasked this man for all to see so that we could look at the rest of this story. The man's key question was, what am I still lacking? He was all wound up in himself. I know I'm just one thing short. Instead of saying, how can a sinner like me ever enter the presence of a holy God? He was lacking the willingness to make Jesus Christ His Lord. He, he was truly more attached to His earthly possessions than He was motivated to possess eternal riches. So the punchline for this guy is the same as it is for you and me and anybody else we talk to about Christ today. Are you willing to follow Jesus Christ? Do you desire to love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself? Are you willing, if need be, to part with things In order to let God use you for His glory, to be a blessing to other people that He desires to bless? It's true, Jesus answered this man differently than He answered most. But don't think that Jesus blew this evangelistic encounter. This man did not pass on to eternity apart from God because Jesus was insensitive to him. And Jesus on this one day didn't get the gospel quite right. For all we know, and I like to think that this is how it worked out, maybe this man was one of the ones who believed on the day of Pentecost. Maybe he was among those 3,000 who repented. The Bible doesn't say what became of him, but it does tell you a lot more in the aftermath of this encounter with Jesus about what we need to learn from it. And it leads to the next and absolutely vital question. One thing you lack, he says, but then the important question, then who can be saved? This is how far we'll get this morning through verse 27. Verse 22 of Mark 10. But at these words he was saddened, and he went away grieved, for he was one who owned much property. You see, Jesus knew that his property owned him as much as he owned his property. He said, one thing you lack. You're still tied to the world. Cut that tie and follow me. That wasn't what the guy wanted to hear. Not at all. That property that he possessed held the key to the lock that kept the chains around his soul. Verse 23, and Jesus looking around. Now this is interesting. He's talking to this guy, but now knowing other people, He looks around to say to everybody, Jesus looking around says to His disciples how hard it will be for those who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of God. Again, it helps to compare Matthew and Mark and Luke, and we learn that Jesus, when Jesus told Him to give away His possessions and give to the poor and following Him, We're told that the man's face fell. Grief just flooded over him. We also learn, as you compare the three gospel records of this incident, that Jesus made the comment about how hard it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. He said that before the guy was gone. It wasn't after he walked away. So, since he said it to the man, he said it with the man present, he also looked around as he said it, It was a comment intended for the rich young ruler and a comment intended for the disciples and a comment intended for everyone else within earshot and it's for all of us who read the Gospels. Now the man trudges away. I bet it was pretty quiet. I think probably everyone was kind of aghast at what Jesus said to him. All their lives they had been taught in that hypocritical works righteousness system of the Pharisees. They had been taught that the rich, since they could do so much more than others, surely the rich ones had the inside track to heaven because it was a merit system. The words must have hung like icicles in the air as the man walked away. Truly, I say to you, it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. So as those words sunk in and the silence was deafening, Jesus' voice rings out and strikes another blow against the lousy theology of the Pharisees and all of their followers. Look at verses 24 and 25. The disciples were amazed at His words. Now remember, they're still in a growth process, there's still a lot of things that they haven't seen. Why would they be amazed that He said that? Well, because they too had been steeped in that system. But Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Now, perhaps you've heard that explained before in terms that when there was a walled city in the ancient world, uh, the gates would be closed at night, the, the, the main gates to the city, um, so that thieves and robbers couldn't come in, couldn't be attacked at night. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program.